Have you been sitting at your desk, editing your life away, feeling kind of lonely and need of some human connection? And you want to jump into elopement photography or up-level your elopement photography business? I have something for you. We are hosting an elopement photographer retreat in Tahoe, California on August 29th to September 2nd. In this retreat, we are providing a full day elopement styled shoot from sunrise to starry skies so that you can experience what a real elopement feels like and how to storytell and document it. And then two other whole days of strategizing your business and setting it up so you can support this amazing business and service you want to provide. So please join us, apply in the show notes, and we want to see you there in person. I honestly want to hug you in person and there's only a few spots left. So continue enjoying the podcast and we cannot wait to see your application soon. I'm going to start this off with a trigger warning for child sexual abuse. We're going to talk to my niece, Angelina, about her child sexual abuse story. It's a two-part episode, and we really hope it empowers you, inspires you, and gives you insight of child sexual abuse. Here we go. Hey, my name is Dana Schuler, and I am the host of the Ascend Together podcast. I am a mom of five and a multi-passionate entrepreneur that loves to talk about the slap in the face and heart on fire moments of entrepreneurship. I went from just a photographer to trailblazing my way into immersing my multi-passionate self into my business. And I want to inspire others to ignite that same fire within them too. And you can't do it alone. So this is why we're going to do it together. Oh, oh yeah this whole process this is like so there's like yeah my story of like you know the years of stuff happening and then there's this side to it where it's a whole different story um that yeah so I told and during this whole time I was doing it one because I had to and I knew I had to but oh emotionally I did not want to oh no he was like I said my lifeline he was every like my world Mm-hmm. Um, and so during this process, like knowing that I was going to lose him, I was, and like Dana witnessed everything crying. And I mean, every single part of the day crying. And one day I'd be okay. One day I wouldn't, I was a whole emotional roller coaster and it was crazy. Well, like, we had to keep, we had to keep the phones away from you. We had to like, oh, yeah, it was block you from level. all computers. Like we had to take everything away from her. Level. Yeah. Because we were so scared that she was going to message him and try to call and tell him. him. And, and tell, tell him. him that the cops are on him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's how bad I was. Uh, crying and just emotionally everywhere. And then, like you said, they had to take away my phone. Take away every electronic, any way that I could contact Like, I remember him. we were, like, scared. We're like, where is the home phone? Like, because my parents have a home phone, or they used to. Yeah. And we're yeah. like, where is the home phone? We're like, we were just like, does Andrew have it? Like, we were just like... Yeah. Okay, we have to like keep everything like we were on edge like that whole month. Yeah, because like- <laughs> and not and not in that time I did have thoughts of like I just want to tell him so he can get away. Like mm-hmm. just tell him like I'm I I told the cops, mom called the cops, like just go, go somewhere. Like they're on you. And I did have those thoughts. And I never told him in that time. It was okay, so it's it was one month. This process of like no one knowing anything was a month. So me and my mom were like literally undercover like for a month 
um, and my family was too, but as far as like the law enforcement work that me and my mom did was all undercover for a month. Mm-hmm. Absolutely no one knew except for the two of us and who we lived with at the time, which was my grandma, we're at my grandma and grandpa's house and Dana's family. Mm-hmm. Like no one knew. Um, and during that month was kind of uh, when a lot of crazy stuff happened, I went to, we went to court like the court to file like restraining order just in case um he came tried to come over or any anything um we i went to detective's office one week after my mom called the cops um we we i was just everywhere we were doing i like to the point where we're like okay we have to be at the courthouse by 8 30 in the morning and my mom works early in the morning though i had to sleep in the car so we could leave right after she got off of work like all of these things doing all these things and no one knew he he didn't know a single thing he was just living life you know probably drinking every night and just like oh i lost my family and he that was him too was like he would like cry and be sad like i'm losing my family i'm losing my kids i'm losing my wife and he was like it was crazy um so for a whole month yeah went to detectives offices went to courthouses went to um like health clinics to like test me because I was young and this is another detail that's Mm -hmm. very um very sensitive a crime yeah uh very sensitive but um so when I was 13 when I said uh when the I said quote like real sexual stuff started happening when I was 13 he was the one that like took my virginity like that's how like it was um and during this entire time he I didn't I wasn't aware of this but he had HIV and he had AIDS and he had all every sickness that you can think of he had and I did not know this and you know because why would he tell me that you know um so when I told my mom and she was like like did you like was there protection like nothing and I was like no sometimes there was sometimes there wasn't she's like Anjo did he tell you I was like what she's like he is sick he and I was like he never told me that so she was like that was like one of the first things you did like when you came to the house was like she dropped her off to the doctor (laughs) yeah I went and I got tested for everything because it was like so he had it so bad to the point where his own doctor was like, if we didn't catch this within the year, you would have died. That's mm-hmm. how bad he had it. So being, you know, five and a half years or well, normal sexual stuff. So I think it was like two, three and a half years of doing all these things when he was sick and I didn't know was like, Oh my gosh. Like I, mm-hmm. I, I, I have to have it. Like there's no way I don't. Right. And I like it's miracle a miracle like how? literally <laughs> miracle that I, I don't like I got tested multiple times different times and I don't have it and that it was like jaw-dropping like how how years and years of this stuff happening um no protect like nothing how do I not have it like and it was just a oh, huge relief and I was so thankful. I was like, oh my goodness, like that, that's a different level of just like, wow, you know? Um, so yeah, after that, my mom was like, he has it and you're getting tested tomorrow. 
And that's when, you know, all my siblings were dropped off. And that's just when it happened. I think that was one of the first things I did. I, I got tested and then detectives offices and then interviewed and all these things. Oh, and here's another thing that is very like a twist to the story. When I was in the detective's office, they made me call him and everything. I was hooked up to like mics and everything because it's evidence, you know, um, and he admitted to everything. He, I, on the phone was like, I'm so sorry I did this to you, blah, 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 blah. He admitted to my mom that he did it. He admitted to the cops that he did it. Like, it was very like, what's the word? Very, um, submissive or he, like, I don't know how to explain it. Like, he wasn't like, oh, I, I never did that to her. Why would I do that? Why? Mm-hmm. No, he, he admitted to everything. So it was like, how? Like, what? Like, how? It was so weird. Like, and even the, the detective was very like, I've never seen a case like this. Ever. Like, and he's been doing this for, you know, 20 plus years. And he's like, I have never seen a case like this where the abuser openly was like openly said he, I, he did it and was very sorry that he did it you know like because who else just says like yeah i did this and yeah and i think like because i think there's a few things that like went into that but the fact that there's so much hard evidence with this because there's text messages upon messages oh, yeah. upon messages <laughs> that they had so much hard evidence that it was like they, he like could not get out of it because it wasn't he said he said she said it was literally like you had so much oh, detailed yeah. story that aligned with all the text messages and stuff but oh yeah so um, that's the other thing yeah and that's what you you broke down but um but yeah i think there's a lot i mean that goes into that but i mean like yeah it's kind of crazy because usually people are like oh i've never done that before but there was so much against him that it's kind of like <laughs> oh he had no choice. yeah like no like, way out <laughs> yeah so yeah over that amount of years um I had a phone just for, you know, school, walking home, you know. Do you have that phone things. back yet? Or they just never no, came No, no, they, no. You don't want to know what they said? They said there gone. is, they said there is so much on this, we have to destroy it. <laughs> I'm not even kidding. And they destroyed it. Um, because it, and this was years and years and years and years of text messages. Um, everything. Like, back and forth. Uh, pictures this like everything and when you know the de- de- detectives they do absolutely everything and anything and honestly I learned so much like I'm like dude they have access to that like how is that even real like mm-hmm. I've learned so much <laughs> like it's crazy like guys cops they they know everything just just know that but um to the point where they like they contacted Instagram they contacted Snapchat to get messages Mm, they that were deleted and that and like we lived in san diego for like a few months they contacted the san diego police department the cell towers like everything like it's crazy it's crazy and so they had literally pages and pages and pages and pages and 10 plus pages of just just pictures screenshots everything so he kind of had no choice like he just and that's another thing about him though too is that he's just you know that mask that he had was the mask that would admit to something Mm -hmm. that would be sorry for it that would say yeah i did this and i am so sorry that's just how you know he was um very 
manipulative mask that he had. Um, so yeah, during that process, it was like for a month. And then after my, I wouldn't say my work was done, uh, then it was just the process of arresting him. And then once he was in like just the main jail, that's mm-hmm. incarcerated, then he, so he was incarcerated only in a month, a month. So mm-hmm. um, after I told, that's when he got, um, that sounded confusing. Um, he, a month after I told, he was incarcerated. So after the hard evidence was there and they, I was, you know, kind of when I did everything I had to do, like explained it and to the cops and then had the cops interviewed me, my work was kind of done. And then now it was just gathering all the evidence and the DA, you know, doing all that thing, all that stuff. And he was already incarcerated. Um, So from the time that I told to the case closed, I told in April, the case closed January the following year. Mm -hmm. So it was, you'd think like, oh, it's a long time. But realistically, that was really quick. They were Mm -hmm. very quick with everything. Um, Yeah, he was incarcerated like a month into it. And then the rest of it was just like paperwork and just gathering everything for a sentence and Mm -hmm. doing all that stuff. Um, And mind you, I knew that I was going to have a chance to make a statement to him in court. So now... Can we talk about, like, where the other family was? Because that was very frustrating that basically his whole side of the family just, like, did not Despised me. They hated me. They despised me. They... I wouldn't say they didn't believe it. Um... Because they didn't want to believe they it. They didn't want to believe it. They're very um what's the word? Very I'm brain fart right now. Um they just <laughs> denial. Denial. Very yeah. denial. Um they obviously was like, oh obviously it it happened, you know, the cops have evidence and whatever. But they did not they just were denial. They did they didn't not really, contact you. They didn't they like didn't, say how are you doing. Like, like when they didn't say it anything. Came out, yeah. So after the month of like everything happening in that one month, um, after that, because legally we couldn't say anything. So when I was being interviewed, when I was doing this, doing that, we could not say anything because the case is open. Um, mm-hmm. And so once all that month was kind of over, and like I said, the case was open until January. But the active, like, the investigation. Yeah, the, like, no, because even the investigation was still open, but just that first month of, like, when it was really sensitive and, like, just coming out. Um, well, he no wasn't one, in jail yet. So that was, like, yeah. when it was, like, really. Yeah. So that's when it was like, really, on, like, on, toe, edge. on your toes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, then, like, after that month, that's when everyone kind of found out, like, his family, uh, my, like, extended family or, like, whatever. And once his family found out, they, not a single one reached out to me, not a single one, uh, even my contacted me in any way. Um, in fact, and they're going to hear this, uh, maybe they won't, I don't know. And honestly, I don't care because they did it, not me. Um, they, I don't care, I'm like, whatever, <laughs> but they would post pictures of him and like, I wouldn't say praise him on social media but they'd like just post pictures of him like oh I love my brother or oh I love him or whatever they just like post him almost like just shading me in every way that they possibly could it was like that was it it was horrible and it was just like really like 
and one time I I happened just to see one of them and they said hi to everyone but me right and it's just like little stuff like that like really like I'm just denial but in my brain obviously everyone thinks differently but I'm like do you really think I would make all of that up like make all that up for years and years and like they just couldn't fathom it happening to their you know their prized son brother uh nephew you know like they just couldn't so no one like reached out to me in any way no one nothing they and they just shaded me really Which is weird because like, she had a really close relationship with a lot of without, them so it's like yeah so i was like yeah. that was it's not like they weren't there it's like they had a close relationship and it was like it just cut you off yeah from like, all like oh yeah they they cut me off they didn't reach out to me they shaded me in every way that they kind of could they were just very and i went to school with one of them every day like we like it was you know like yeah it's like you said it's not oh i didn't see them often no i saw them well you guys lived with a lot of the family before too when you guys were all yeah for for a year or two um so so tell us about like the court day because i think it's a really great story Oh, so <laughs> and the sentencing, because yeah, what you were able to do, which is really really cool. Yeah, so I had a good amount of time to write the statement, um, and I knew that you got and, to say to him in court. Yeah, that I was going to read in front of everyone and just whatever. So, um, and they give you you don't have to, but um, me personally, it was such a like a personal case that I mm-hmm. I knew I wanted to. Um, just, I knew I wanted to, and that's just me, just me being me. I'm like, no, I want everyone to hear this. I will use my voice. I will do this. And this is what, I don't care what people think. Mm-hmm. I will call this person out and cause that's what they deserve. You know, like I don't, I didn't care. So this statement, I literally worked till the morning of the yeah, There's lots of drafts to this. <laughs> Yes. Oh, yeah. I remember editing some. <laughs> yeah, but honestly, like, and I can, and I have, obviously, I still have it now, you know, it's saved. Um, it is literally, I worked on it till it was perfect to me, to mm. where it was, like, it was the most, like, the thing I've been ever been, like, proud of in my life. Like, and I took so much pride into it, because I was like, this is this is my story you know it was like, like this it was a is... way for you to like process and like let oh, go and like like oh, i wish we gotta like post this somewhere because it was really good like what you said and like it what you wrote very, out was just yeah. very it was very beautiful like it was really I, yeah i just imagine in my brain of like you talking just posting it somewhere yeah <laughs> so and honestly because i had um so like in this process there is the district attorney and then they have like the victim advocate where a really great support system yeah so a miracle support system yeah so they the victim advocate is just the person that just we guide you whenever you need it that if you have any questions anything they um they just help you they guide you you know and so i asked her i was like how long is like a typical like you know like statement she's like normally Sometimes it's like 10 minutes, um, depending, obviously. Uh, She's like, sometimes, you know, you don't want to make it boring, not boring, but like make it too long or whatever. 
And at this point, I, I didn't care. I was like, I do not care how long this is because this is a, this is a lot. Yeah. I, I was very adamant. So the one time you get to say stuff to his face. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, this is going to be the last time I can say, use my voice and say something to what he had done to me for almost six years. I did not care how long it was because my thing and I, cause I hate this and like just me, I hate it. I hate leaving something or leaving a situation feeling like I didn't say everything I wanted to. Mm-hmm. Right. So I, I did not want that to happen. Cause I was like, no, like this is such a serious thing. I do not want to leave that room and think, Oh, I wanted to say that, or, Oh, I should have said that. Or, mm-hmm. Oh, I didn't get a chance to say that. Like, and that was my biggest fear. I was like, I don't care how long this is. Want, and want everything to be said. Yeah. I want everything to be said. I want it to be, cause that's the day that the case was closing. And I was like, Nope, I, I don't care. And that the actual statement ended up being six pages long in, in tiny font, mind you, like it was six pages. <laughs> tiny font. No, yes. Like, and it was six pages long reading it out loud. It was like 20 to 25 minutes of me just talking, reading for 25 minutes. And it was, like I said, when I did it, I was so proud of it. And I was like, I would not change even till this day. I would not change a single thing about it because it was Mm -hmm. it was perfect in every way and I had almost eight months to do it but even then I started over like halfway through you know so it was it was probably the most perfect thing I've ever done in my life and I'm so proud of it to this day and sometimes Mm -hmm. I'm like I just want to frame it like that's just how good (laughs) it was you know um but I'm so proud of it like it was so so tell us about the day like what happened like I love how you explain like you walking in with your support dog and like oh yeah okay that's another thing so the DA so I happen to have the and I'm not just saying this because he did his job you know like and he just prosecuted someone that needed to I genuinely had the best support system like and I am so proud of that and I I know a lot of people don't and I'm so fortunate and blessed to have the people that I did in that time. I had the best detective, the best um, cops, but most importantly, like to me personally, I had the best district attorney ever. Like he is the like the best person I've ever met in my life. And even till this day, he checks on me, you know, and it's still very, he just was so invested in it and made it as if like I, it was his own I would say his own kid, but like his own, like he was Mm -hmm. so invested in this. And he's like, if you have any questions, like anything to the point where he asked, he asked me, how long do you want him in prison? Mm -hmm. And I told him and he got the years that I wanted him to be in prison. And he, it was, he's like the most amazing person ever. Um, And so going back to the story, the DA, they provide emotional support dog that you can have in court um and you know knowing me I was like ooh it's a dog you know but <laughs> perfect um but yeah and obviously it helped emotionally just having an animal um but that day it was like so in the in the system they always do the pedophiles last because they are in like protective custody and it's like a whole different thing and so I think realistically I don't think I walked in and he didn't come out to like 11 um, but during that morning, oh my goodness, my emotions were crazy and I was like nervous, but I was so ready. I was so mm-hmm. ready. I was like, I'm so confident in this. 
oh, excuse me, um, so confident. And I was like, I am so ready. This needs to be said. It is absolutely perfect. I was confident in myself and in my statement. Um, I was just ready. Like, I was like, this is the day that you will be torn down. This is the day that everyone will know who you really are. Like, I was so ecstatic and just nervous, but not nervous. Just nervous because I don't like talking in front of a lot of people, but not nervous about what I was saying. Um, and so we were sitting in the hallway until we, until he walked in, until they called his name up. Um, and it happened to be the last case of the day. And this is another thing that I, it was so crazy that the, the courtroom was so packed that, that my entourage <laughs> couldn't fit. There was, there wasn't any seating. And typically, cause you can hear your like hearings. Um, and most of the time you would think, oh, once someone heard their person that they'd leave. Right. Cause it's like, why else am I going to stay there? My person already went. But it was so full for I don't know what reason, but it was like 50 people and maybe 50, maybe more. But they had to open a whole other area for me to even sit in there. Um, and so it was crazy. I was like, whoa, I walked in. I didn't know. I walked in. And I was like, oh, my gosh, there's so many people. Like I was like, oh, like what? Like and so I was walk. I walked in with my mom and her friend and just other people and then. I walked in with the district attorney. He was right by my side with the advocate on my other. And then the dog in front of me, like it was literally like, you know, those movies, like people walk in with like their inter- like, like entourage. The and it's super, like and it's so dramatic. Music. <laughs> yeah. Like it was literally that, like, like minus the music, obviously it was a very serious situation, but like, um, it was literally like that. Like it was like an entourage. I just walked in and everyone was just like staring and it was just like, this moment unreal moment and um some family of his family members were there um you were hoping for which i oh yeah oh yeah i was so ready i was like "Mm, okay um but so they you know say the name of the case you know name case number blah, blah 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 um and then they the guy was like or the judge was like oh there's a victim present and there's a statement and Danny is the his nickname. Uh district attorney was like, Yes, she's here. Uh everyone kind of just went silent. They were like, Oh man. But I feel like they knew when I walked in because my whole entourage was there. But mm-hmm. um and so they're like, Okay, they brought me a chair, uh, to make it very comfortable. The dog came up with me. Um, the victim advocate was next to me next to me, and I just sat in a chair and I just read my statement and it was you know 25 minutes long but and I had like feedback like from people that were there they're like it was long but when I say I was invested in every single word like I was invested in every single word it was not boring like Mm -hmm. you every single word you said was powerful every single word meant something every single word had a purpose and that was my purpose to my my statement too and I knew it I was like every single word had a purpose mm-hmm. there wasn't there wasn't a single sentence that did not mean something like every single sentence went with the story every single sentence was as important as the other one like and, and I knew mm-hmm. that so after I read it um us, and this is another thing that I'm like proud of that when I read it I did not cry 
and you would think mm-hmm. reading this whole this whole story and just what's happening <laughs> that yeah you'd think you'd cry but to me in that moment it was it was an empowering moment I did not cry mm-hmm. I read the statement like no this is what happened this is my story and I took pride in that and I did not cry till after obviously um but I read my statement and they said thank you and so in court yet yeah, they're very strict you can't clap or anything you can't like nothing so um so read it they sat down he they read all the accounts and um this, this is a funny story too uh so yeah, they tell this part <laughs> so they read counts so he went over the limit of counts but there's only there's, there's a, like there's a, limit. a cap there's a cap on there's on a cap counts. on counts so um so sorry excuse me <coughs> um oh goodness um what's the thing uh, the sentencing oh sorry i'm like choking like dying on water but um <clears throat> i could cut um, it out just cough it out <laughs> yeah oh my gosh um so there was a lot of people there like i explained for no reason at all it was i me personally i just think people were there for a reason because they needed to hear it um i'm a very big believer in everything happens for a reason these are random people i've never even met in my life but for some reason this courtroom was packed to the max mm-hmm. um and i i took that as an opportunity to be like i think it's because these people need to hear this I think that there are victims in this courtroom that need to hear this that have not said anything. Like, I took that as, like, an opportunity. Um, so they're reading out the counts, count one, count two, and all the way, all the way up to 20. And so they do, like, count this three years, count this, blah, 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 and it's consecutive. Adds up to a sentence. So, funny story. They're like, count ones, blank, 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 eight years, right? And this lady starts clapping she thinks that's the sentence is eight years right and <laughs> this funny this funny thing she starts clapping and she's like oh sorry like you know and they let her they let her because it's like okay and she thinks the sentence is only eight years no 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 girl they kept going <laughs> they kept going sentence this three sentence one year sentence 10 years sentence it all the way up to 30 years <laughs> and this lady Obviously, she knew she couldn't clap or anything. She you can literally get kicked out. Um, but everyone gasped at the end. They when they said the final sentence, 30 years in state prison. Everyone was like, oh, like everyone just like jaw dropped. And they just like, oh, because they've never, they've probably never seen anything like that before. And it was just crazy. Like, and after that, they're like, okay, case closed, brought them out. And everyone... It was like the way I entered was the way I left. My entourage, mm-hmm. I walked out and I was like the first person. DA was next to me. District attorney was next to me. And I just walked out. Like I just did that. And everyone was like, like, bye. I was like, bye. <laughs> and everyone was just like, oh, like, everyone's just like, oh, what just, what did I just witness? Like I just witnessed this young girl read the statement and then sentence this man to 30 years in prison and like it was just like this whole like oh my goodness and you could feel it in the room like everyone was just like oh my god like how like you can just feel it and it was absolutely crazy like after we stood in the hallway 
of the jail and everyone was just like looking at me like and I saw people like girls with like tears in their eyes and I was like I just had you know you have a feeling and I was like I know there are people in here that I got justice for and mm. I knew that like I knew that I was like there are so many men women like I knew I was like I just did something big even if they couldn't they couldn't come up to me and talk to me I was like I knew like and I was like wow and then after I'm just you know crying because it was emotional and just like wow it's over like I, I did it and um you know, the district attorney gave me a hug everyone's giving me a hug and they're like it's over like you did it like and you did so good and they're just like complimenting me and my um my my statement um because a lot of people did not read my statement prior I think you were like one of the only people um <laughs> yeah who helped me edit and stuff but even like my mom she did not hear my statement so that was the first time even for a lot of people even his family members that like heard my heard my story the whole story um and so a lot of people were just emotional because it was like wow I didn't know it was all that, you know, mm-hmm. like I you didn't I didn't know it went back like that. And it was crazy. So that was like an eye opener for a lot of people because they didn't know the extent until I I told the story. Yeah. Um and so it was crazy moment and it was like the best feeling ever. Um because I knew like people were just looking at me like, wow, like you did that. Like and it was yeah, it was crazy. His sentence was 30 years. And yeah, I there's like a... the big shebang at the end, you guys. Yeah, <laughs> you're waiting like, for. Um, yeah. I love that. Years. I love that court story so much. It's so powerful, yeah. and I know you prepped so much for that day, and it has only gone up from there. Because um, I just remember having conversations with you, and I, you know, lots of in the car late night conversations <laughs> to get away yeah. from the house, um, to just like vent. Um, I'm just like, there's two ways people go from this situation as they go up or they go yeah. down um mm-hmm. go down to other relationships that are very similar to this or they go up and overcome um because for so long you were on this like so unbalanced so like um we didn't know it was going to happen right um oh yeah okay and, another another detail yeah. I forgot. so during that time i was on like on edge everyone was like scared for me like and it was mm-hmm. that's how bad everything was like when they had to hide the phones and hide like it was crazy I went to like emergency therapy I went to a receiving home for a week like it was I was bad um yeah so that's another yeah, detail is, yeah I forgot about all that it's crazy yeah lots of yeah lots of late night talks in the car um but I feel like we're gonna have to do a part two on this this is like a really yeah. big story I do want to do a part two on this to like extend past of like how you're like recovering from this, like your journey outside of this. Cause yeah. I think that's a really like powerful the effects, as well. The effects I have. The now effects and like how, what you're doing. Yeah. And um, I think one of the things like this whole story is so inspiring and I really hope it inspires a lot of people who are listening to this. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, when Angela speaks, there's just so much power that comes from it. Um, and I know most people, never have their abusers in jail if they are there it's for a month nine months or for nothing at all um, and a lot of people don't believe them and it's yeah a lot of people just don't yeah believe. and there's just there's just so much around this that we can expand on but we hope that like the story that Anjo's told about her story inspires you 
enlightens you with with the whole with <clears throat> the whole situation like how this happens to kids and and what to look out for and and how the process goes and also hopefully giving you insight on you know the situation so that we don't victim blame people because yeah one of the top people who are blamed are the victim and the mothers are blamed in these situations yeah. for everything yeah. um and not the actual victim um mm. and so thank you anjo for being on here and sharing this amazing story i know you probably have to like sleep for a good like 12 hours after this just to like recoup your energy from telling all this <laughs> <Yeah>. stuff <laughs> even though you told it to therapists a million times to yeah, that's a whole other thing we got to talk about is like the whole ther- the whole <laughs> mental health system is jacked. Um, yeah. It's just way overworked and overwhelmed. Um, but is there anything else you want to say expanding this? I know like everyone we're leaving you kind of on a cliffhanger, but I really want to do part two and expand like a whole other hour on this because there's just so yeah. much good stuff. Um, it's coming. <laughs> it's coming. But Andrew, is there anything like you want to just like tell everyone right now regarding your story um, and anybody who's hearing this who may have gone through something similar? Like what do you want to tell them? Um, I was, I'm thinking about it. I'm going to say I, my story and just how everything went down. I was so fortunate Mm. for it to happen the way that it did. I know just even people that I've known that have come out to me and said that they've never gotten justice or they tried and no one believed them. Or like, I know of so many people. Um, I want to say, I hope that this story, like, gives you some closure and it hope it mm. gives you like justice like I got justice for you and I genuinely feel that for a lot of people that I got justice for so many because I've been told that I've been told that oh my this so-and-so didn't believe me and he never went to prison or he never went to jail but you got justice for me um and I want to say you just tell your story even if it mm. makes people uncomfortable like even if it makes people uncomfortable, even if I did not care. And that's one thing that I learned from Dana too, was that I do not care who I make uncomfortable. This is something that's happened so often and people don't talk about it. And that's the Mm. problem. That's why it's uncomfortable for people because people make it uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. People make it this like talk down thing. Oh, don't talk about that. Oh, whatever. And it's like, no, Mm. this happens so often. Like, Tell your story. Use your use your voice, and people will believe you. Some people won't, and honestly, that's their own problem. Mm-hmm. Um, use your voice. Use like if people don't believe you, just know me and Dana do. Like yeah. and <laughs> <laughs> like and I will. Yeah, I believe you, and it's a real thing. Don't think you're alone because I thought I was alone for so long until I came out, and boom, ten, ten people that I personally know came out to me and said this has happened to me and I mean people that I I don't see daily but I know like I've known them for years and they are personal to me 10 Mm -hmm. people so just and I will say and I just happen to have like have a very good experience with the law enforcement and how the process went but I will say the justice system does is not that great and I will say that I just happened to have this good experience, but I will say that it's not the best at all. Yeah. And some people have been treated so unfairly and it honestly makes me mad. Like when I hear stories, cause I'm like, wow, like how could you even do that? You know, but just know that 
your story is your story. You have a voice and use it and people will believe you. Some people won't. When I told my story, people didn't believe me. People shaded People didn't believe me. you to people, your face. <laughs> to my face. People, like, they, ugh, even till this day, they don't talk to me. They don't, nothing. So. Uh, one of the, oh uh, yeah, like one of the biggest questions, why didn't you tell? Yeah, and people ask, why didn't you tell? Well, didn't this make you uncomfortable? Why didn't this happen? Don't Just don't ever, ever say that to people who don't say abused. that to people. That is, and if someone asks you that, worst question. Yeah, <laughs> and on, and I've learned if someone asks you that, just say, no, I'm not. I'm don't want to talk to you anymore. I'm sorry, and because it's not your place to explain yourself, because you, mm-hmm. it's just not. And because it's not, it could be very you triggering, didn't... and it could also be very frustrating because it, it's it's a blaming question. Yeah, like. Like, that question so, is a victim-blaming question, and you can't explain yourself. You could try to educate people, but at the same time, that could be very, like, triggering and 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 yeah. really, yeah, frustrating for people yeah. um, who get that reaction, which you got many times. <laughs> many times, but I also, yeah, I got it many times, but I also had so many more people that believed me yes. and supported mm-hmm. me, and without those people, I honestly wouldn't have been able to do it. Um mm-hmm. Yeah, so I'm just going to say, if it happened to you before, you are not alone at all. Do not just believe people when they say it's your fault. Don't, nothing. Know that it's your story. You're you. You have your own story. Everyone's story is different, but it's still your story. It's still your Mm -hmm. voice. You still have a voice. People will believe you. Some people won't. And that's just how it's going to be. People are messed up and the justice system is messed up i'm not even gonna sugarcoat it and be like oh yeah uh, no because it's messed up honestly like but you just have to know your truth and just yep and overcome i mean like you're a great example of overcoming like and there's different ways to get justice and it doesn't have to be by putting someone in jail it could be saying their name overcoming telling their story and you know and was very 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 open about her story and who did that what she what did you know who i've learned to be i've learned and that's been extremely powerful for people to slap people in the face and be like yeah this happens this happened to me and i'm not going to sugarcoat who it was or hide who it was because i want everyone to know who did it um i know that's what takes a lot of bravery and just a lot of like vulnerability which i know not everyone is comfortable to do but um your story is powerful even if you share it with someone you love um or who is your best friend or who's not maybe not Mm -hmm. to the public but sharing a story can be i know for you andrew has been very freeing and relieving yeah and empowering um which is beautiful to see and a lot of people take it as like a a sad thing like when like when people are like oh like you know all people always have questions but they don't want to ask it because they don't want to trigger you they don't want to like bring it up because it's what you think a sad thing to talk about and a lot of people everyone's different everyone heals different everyone you know everyone's different but for me personally i i don't care i will talk about it all day long if that means it's helping someone or educating Mm -hmm. someone or where i have absolutely no shame in it um and i've learned to be that way uh but i can yeah, I just, I honestly bring it up as much as I can, but in any situation that someone 
yeah I, I can talk about it all day long and it's because no, it's honestly a healing thing too yeah just yeah. being and it able brings to it talk forward it. i mean it's like with fear like if if you look fear in the face it's doesn't really have power over you anymore and yeah. that's kind of like yeah. telling the story is like once you tell a story and name the name and see it like put it in front of your face and look at it in its face it no longer really has power over you yeah. um and that's what i think we're going to talk about in the next episode is is how you know you looking at it in the face and being so aware of who you are and what is happening to you and how yeah. it's like help you heal from this because it was such a deep trauma that's been taking mm-hmm. years to to come out of that you're still dealing with deeply in many ways mm-hmm. um and so i can't wait to talk about that next with just like how it's brought more awareness to you and how you're feeling like i feel like you're so aware now of like how you're feeling oh yeah why you're feeling back, what you're feeling yeah. and compared to how you were where you were so numb and now you're like i'm aware of everything and i'm very self-conscious about like how i yeah. do my day and like what i need or what i don't need and making boundaries so that's yeah. the next episode, guys. And we're going to talk all about like the mental health system, her yeah. whole journey through that. That has been very like a roller coaster. Roller coaster, um, yeah. And that has been there for her, but also failed her in many ways. Um, and how we're she's just taking pro- Yeah, right. <laughs> turning trauma into a purpose will be the next. Oh, there is the topic. <laughs> turning trauma into a purpose. Okay, I can't wait for that name. Um, yeah. Well, thank you, Andrew, for being here tonight. And I really, yeah, again, I hope this story inspires you and definitely feel free to to personal message either of us if you need someone to talk to. If you need to share your story, like I I personally, like I know Andrew can handle it, but I personally can handle all this stuff. I mean, I was deep into this whole situation with Andrew and I'm very passionate about it. Yeah. And don't ever feel like you're a burden if you want to share something that you haven't sh- shared with anybody. Um, you know, we have, maybe we can make an anonymous something in here too, um, possibly. But just feel free to DM us. And especially Anjo, she can really empathize with anybody who's been through something like this. And we're yeah. here for you. We're here to support you if you, have, if you have no other support. And just talk it out and tell your story to at least us. And we would be happy to support you. So thank you, Anjo. Um, usually yeah. I'm like, usually I'm like, where can we find you? I'm going to, I'll put your Instagram name in the show notes so people can find your Instagram name, okay. um, and follow you and DM you or, you know, whatever they want to do, um, to connect with you. That'll be awesome. So thank you, Anjo. We'll yeah. see you on the next episode.